Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Kalila Johnson. Kalila Johnson is the CEO of Redefine Unlimited. She's a motivational keynote speaker, international best-selling author, and trauma and resilience expert. Welcome to the show, Kalila. Thank you so much, Gigi. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. It's an honor to have you today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you're from? All right. So I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. I spent some years here and there, but mostly Baltimore is my hometown. I'm, I'm here now in Towson, Maryland um, with my husband and um, my younger son. Um, then I am a, like you said, I'm a coach. I'm an executive coach. I am a um, speaker and I love empowering people to find their identity. Everything else you want to know, ask away. <laughs> I'm an open book. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Now tell us more about Kalila Johnson International. Okay, well, um, international. So uh, my coach actually branded me international. And the reason why is because since I began speaking in 2012, it, it, it seemed that I would get a, a global response. And um, even when I did my first um, introduction to classes, I would get a global response. I did a radio show, global response. And so um, and the thing about it is, is that international is one of the things that I know God promised me. He showed me that the reason why my warfare was so great was because I was called to reach nations. And so there were certain experiences. So international just speaks of the fact that my voice is to reach um, further um, than even my feet um, have traveled. So Kalila Johnson International is um, the business name branded for my keynote speaking, my speaking business, and then Redefine Unlimited is my coaching. I love it. Now, can you tell us more about the abuse that you've experienced and your dedication to help others break free from the bondage of inherited generational thinking? Definitely. So um, for me, I have gone through so much just to get to a place of seeing myself as worthy. And that happens with um, uh, intergenerational trauma where it is passed down. It can be passed down. Um, the trauma of the mother can be passed down through the DNA. It can be passed down as, as well as nature versus nurture. It is the, the mindset that is passed down. It is the conditioning, the grooming that happens. And so I came from three generations of women who had been through the same levels of abuse. I'm talking about um, as a toddler, we were all molested at the same age. As um, teenagers, we were all raped at the same age. Um, we, we married basically the same type of men, um, narcissistic, abusive, um, demeaning, violent, violent um, cheaters and, you know, all of that. And so I, I remember being at such a desperate place where I said, I have only known misery. And I was in this marriage and that caused me like the, the type of narcissistic mind games that, that was played on me. I literally tried to take my life and I did for some some time. Like it was I was I was without a pulse um, and I took every pill that a doctor had prescribed me because I was wrongly diagnosed. Um, if you know what happens when you're abused mentally, emotionally, the victim is usually the one that seeks help. But the one that actually needed help in this situation was actually my narcissistic ex-husband, which he was never going to do. He looked perfect. He looked like, you know, the perfect man. He had a good job. He he was a student. He was an honor student in college. He he had his two parents were together um, and, and all of these things. And so in the outward appearance, he looked to have it all together. Inwardly, he was uh, sent to to kill my destiny and he almost succeeded. And so that was the point where when I woke up with tubes down my nose and in my stomach from after being pumped and they say, oh, you're lucky to be alive. And I'm like, I don't feel lucky because if the pain was so intense, I would have rather someone punch me in the face than have to continue to endure every second of my life at that moment. And so at this point, um, I, I am, I'm like, okay, God, if, if I can't even die, and I can't escape the pain, then you gotta show me how to escape this cycle. Because I started to um, recognize this was the same story of my mother. This was the same story of my grandmother. And it was like, it's chasing me and this is my existence. But if I'm gonna be here, you gotta show me how to fight this, something's after me. And that began the journey of truly hearing the voice of that inner voice that starts to tell you, wake up. Ain't nothing wrong with your mind. Let's take a walk. Five o'clock in the morning, I remember, um, just being waken up out of my sleep by the, the small, still voice and taking a walk and it's still dark outside. And he's like, you're not crazy. 
take come out of that. You're not crazy. I called you. And so at that moment was just the beginning. And I said, so where do I start? Because I'm such a mess. And he said, start, start where you are. He said, write a letter to your mother. And I mean, I wrote a letter. I was like, you dumb. Dot, dot, dot. Listen, God can handle. He knew where I was. <laughs> I didn't hold back anything. And I, and, and I now understand the importance of being confronting where you are truthfully because he could handle it. And I remember just writing out. I was like, you're so stupid. It's all your fault. It's the you're the reason why we're here today. You're the reason why I feel like this. You're the reason why I accepted this man. You you let us get abused. You you brought that dumb man into our lives. You were so weak. And then he took me. He says, now let's talk about you. He says, so, so what did you do to your kids? And it was, I tell you, that was so hard. Because when I had to take the accountability, when I had to point the finger back at me, I was like, wait a minute. I became her. I promise I would never be like her. So that began that part of it. And then it was the next part of it. And then it was the next part of it. But all in all, he gave me my power back because he allowed me to start to take responsibility. It was never outside of me. These things happened to me, but they did not destroy me. The choices I made because of the responding to the, the abuse were, were the things that took me on a spiral journey. But I could get that back because he hadn't forgotten that he had a plan for me before I even started this journey. And so it was the, the, the beginning of him taking me back on a journey of it almost felt backwards. He was reconnecting me to who I had been, who he had promised that I was. And it started by seeing myself, seeing things as they truly are and truly up confronting, uprooting everything. No whole bar, like I'm naked. And then he woke me up, he says, you're gonna write a book. I was like, I don't even write text messages well. Like every time I speak, people misunderstand me. I don't wanna, I don't know how to write. He says, Kalila, stop saying that. And so I started to confess it and then I started to wake up and I just started to write what I heard. And I started from the beginning and I, and, and it's probably got some error, you know, errors. It's probably net, not the best transitional sentences, but it's my heart just poured out at that moment. And so now from here, from there, I celebrate myself, not because it's arrogant, but I celebrate like she not even the same person she was yesterday. This thing is amazing. There's no way I was supposed to make it this far. And this is not even half of where I'm going. I can see it now. And I want to give that to everybody. Like, you know, like, it's like when you get out of prison and you, you sit there like, listen, I got the key. I know the way out. <laughs> And that's the excitement that I wake up with. That's the thing that burns in me. That's the thing that draws me. I didn't even sleep last night because I was just, I was confronting some things again. And then I was giving myself permission to feel it as I'm going through this writing journey for my next book, The Antidote. And I was crying. And then that was exchanged by joy of how did I make it this far? Hi, Justin. Hello, Justin. <laughs> Good to see you again. <laughs> Thank you. He says that. He's like, I love your light. I love your light. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad you're on. Good to see you. I love so, it. Yeah. I'm fired up, as you can tell. I can keep going, but I want to leave some room. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Now, tell us how important your relationship with God is to you and how it got you through the difficult times in your life. You know, um, it's everything. It's the thing that it's the reason why I can't compromise. Like you can't take me out his hand. Now I know that I'm flawed and I will fall. And he promised me that he says, I know you will. You were never supposed to be perfect. But the fact is that he knows that I'll come back and be like, did I get it right? Is <laughs> this you? <laughs> I don't want to go where he isn't. And I'll go wherever. I don't care where it is. I'll go to the to the trenches. I'll go wherever. As long as he's sending me, if, if it's his voice that says, get up and go left, I will. I've done it. And and it, it is the thing that most people don't understand that we have access to. 
You know, um, religion has taught us to read the Bible, but not internalize it. It's a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. All this time that my family was going through this stuff, we were a part of a church and we were part of the same church mostly. And we still were broken. And we, I sat in Sabbath school classes and went home and was molested. I was set in Sabbath school classes. And then the kids upstairs were, were, were touching each other. It was the breaking of, of, of my, like, it was a double mindedness that I walked away with. Like, so if God is good, then why am I suffering? And so to know that God found me and he didn't find me in church. He found me an alcoholic, broken woman, suicidal. Um, I smoked. And I, I drank and I sometimes drink and smoke while I was reading the Bible. But he found me and he didn't worry about that first. He said, that's just nothing but a symptom. I, I love you. He's like, I, I love you. Just the messy, uh, cursing, ridiculous, mad, might fight your mama. Like, I, I love you today and I can fix the rest. I'm big enough for your pain. I know that nobody else seemed to be able to handle you. They thought you were too much. They they like, oh, she's just, oh, all she ever do is make mistakes. She's a teenage mother. She's this. And they saw the outward appearance, but God knew my heart. He created me. And he knew the, the special design and the fire that I was and the reason why the enemy came at me so fiercely. And he says, no, let's walk. And I'm not ever leaving his side. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Amen. Now, yeah. Kalila, you mentioned suicide. What is your best advice to the listeners that are, are, are listening right now that may be considering suicide? What is your best advice to them to not do it? Well, I, I think first and foremost, I, I want you to know that um, you're not talking to anyone or listening to someone that has not been through it. I know the pain. I know that pain that wakes you up, that, that keeps you wanting to stay asleep, but then stays, keeps you up in the middle of the night. I know the pain that hits you so hard in the chest that feels heavy and, and weighed down. And I know the cycle and the repeating accusations of who you are, the mistakes that you made and how you can never come out of this. But I want to tell you that there is nothing and no place that you've gone. If there's breath in your lungs that you cannot come out of that place. I know it feels like it's a mountain, but when you discover that there is power and authority that God created you with, you are born and formed with power. And and that that mountain that seems so overwhelming right now of emotional unstable, instability, instability, and maybe you're feeling like all the people around you are pointing fingers at you and saying, what a worthless this and, and whatever it is, your situation that is causing you to feel like there's no way out. It's right. It's closer than you think. It's that place where you say, I want to give up. And you and you reach out. To that, 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 the God that, that you may have felt like was so far up that he doesn't hear you, that he doesn't see your suffering. But I want you to know that he says, I'm inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if you just stand still in a moment so that you can see that I am God, I will return you to the rightful place that you are the head and not the tail. I promise you this is not a game. I stand here as a demonstration that there is nothing and no one and not one situation that can grab you out of the hands of God because he loves you even now. They may have told you you've done too much. You may feel like you made too many mistakes and maybe you feel like there's no way out, but right now it is right inside of you. You're more powerful than you know. And if you just allow that quietness and say, Father, if you're real, reveal yourself because I need you. And listen, listen, he may show up in a voice. He's going to show up in the capacity that you can receive him. And so he may show up in a phone call. He may show up in a knock at the door, but he will show up. That's right. Yes, ma'am. Now, can you tell us more about your signature and principle undefeatable you system? Well, undefeatable you. So my first book um, is called Undefeated Broken into Purpose. And um, and so I use that a lot because um, undefeatable you system is the system that brings you through um, recognizing. I always say I have a program and, and, it, and it comes again and I teach it live in January again. It's unpack to impact. And that's one part of it. Um, first, there's the foundational. You know, sometimes we can't even sometimes it, it's so bad. 
Um, it depends on where you are. It's so bad that you can't even get out of bed in the morning. And so we try to create um, the first part is 21 days of mastery movement. So we try to break some bad habits of, you know, routine so that we can even follow through, you know, and then unpack to impact is about identifying, identifying the, the things that you're you're battling with. And then we get to the root of the foundation. We got to get to the spiritual, the, the personal and the professional before we even get to that part. We have to start with a foundation of identity. We've got to break the lies and there's an exchange and there's there's um, uh, the system is meant for you to learn how to stand still in your feelings, to give yourself permission to feel what you feel without shame without feeling like, oh, I'm always feeling this way, without, and, and learning how to self-regulate, how to take yourself in, in, and create an atmosphere that you're in control of, that as you unpack what naturally, and now let me say naturally, don't force it, but as you unpack and you start to really learn yourself, um, there's so many things in society that teaches us that we, our worth is on outside of us. But unpack to impact is is finding um, and exchanging the work that is already in you. And so we take them through the journey of learning the belief systems, examining, um, exchanging, and um, executing a plan. Um, and so we take them through identity, belief. Um, examining their support systems, um, examining, um, their, um, their habits. And, and then we start to do, you know, making sure that they have free for all, like there's a support system where we create, where we can really be in touch with our emotions. And it seems simple, but many people, um, are dealing with the escapism that comes from not wanting to feel the pain, but there is a way. And when you have the support and you have um, those around you that know how to guide you through and know how to remove the stress from your body that actually causes the triggers of trauma, trauma is not necessarily the situation that happened to you. It is the way that your body received it. And so there's triggers that happen. And what you'll notice is that it'll be somewhere in your body. And so before you even go on this journey, um, you can't do it in your own will. You have to know practically how to release it before you even begin. And then after you release it, then you can start the process of starting to unpack. We can start the process of dealing with the spiritual condition of it. We can start the process of dealing with a, with a psychological um, uh, uh, dealing with it. And then we can start to really, really unpack the even um, the markers that have suppressed your DNA that keeps you from showing up in your authentic self. Amen. Very powerful. Now tell us more about your experience as a corporate trainer? Well, my experience as a corporate trainer actually started in church. And so this is the thing, um, as I was um, a trainer, um, well, first of all, as I was, I, I was in the world, I was customer service. I taught this, I taught that. Um, I was in the corporate world. I worked for all of these different companies and I always end up in um, something in risk management. I always dealt with people. I always dealt with organization and, and, and dealing with people. And I was good at that. Um, when I went to church, I grew up in one church and um, in that church, I was the reject. Now, mind you, after this situation, God sent me, you know, I went back and then he started performing miracles through me. <laughs> it's funny how that happens. Um, I'm the child that does keep your kids away from her. And then the, I'm the one to be like, she got to pray for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but God started to perform miracles. And then after that, I had a pastor, um, my childhood pastor returned. They exchanged the pastor. It's so much funny how God does that. He, he actually returned my pastor to me um, from my, from like, I was a, a kid. Um, and he gave him dreams and told him who I was. And so he started to create this mentorship program for me. Uh, Pastor Stoddard, he married me and my husband, and he started to put me in positions that I didn't think I was qualified for because he knew who I was. And so he made us family life. He, made, he was like, community, like, he just dumped them on me. I was like, I don't know what to do. And, um, and then, you know, people started having dreams and saying, God said that you're supposed to lead the children. And then they said, you're the prayer warrior leader. And then you're this. And so in that situation, because church is an organization and it is a very big organization. I come from a denomination that is a very big organization um, globally. And so um, at that moment, they started to really teach me the fundamentals of leading, creating programs and, um, and then put me on the board to start to really, um, and the first training that I, I remember developing, because I, I could see the problem 
And it's one thing to see the problem. If you see the problem, you can figure out the solution. And so God has given me a unique ability to find solutions. Like I have a natural gift of finding anointing for finding solutions. And so what, what the first training that I gave the, the, um, the, the church was a, um, a sensitivity training. And it was a sensitivity because religion can be so harsh and judgmental. Um, and so when people are coming in, you don't know their story. And we have this way of conforming them to our ideologies, but we don't know what their background is. There's people that have been molested. There are people that have been hurt. There's people that have been, um, that are dealing with things that you can't even imagine. And so um, I taught them the fundamentals of not judging by outside, but learning the ability to relearn relationship. And so, um, and that's where I say, because it's a corporation and that's where I got most of my training. I, I did the sensitivity training. Then I did uh, the first unpack to impact was with the youth. We had a surround table and we literally taught the kids how to express themselves, how to work through. Um, I've taught um, entrepreneurship. I taught um Lord have mercy. I taught um, the fundamentals of prayer and and um, authority. And then I started to even I even started to step out and create events. And so those are the things. And so from that point forward, um, I have continued to go learn and grow. And um, I go through different universities because I'm always changing my major because I like learning. Um, but I also get certifications and I like to learn from people. Um, and one of the things that I'm certified in is, is compassion, fatigue, trauma support. And um, by uh, Florida University, is uh, uh, trained me in, um, or actually certified me in trauma and resilience. And so from that, I think it's so important as someone that has worked in the, the, the um, environment of UPS and so many different corporations, what I learned was, is that there was a disconnect. And through that disconnect of um, relationship as manager and, you know, boss and here that, that, we become so detached and we hurt ourselves. We hurt our own environments and to create that culture of inclusivity, that culture of um, evolution, that culture of, of growth. Um, there are some basic steps and fundamental principles to, to get to. It also is important for everyone, I believe, to be trauma informed. It amazes me how many clients I have that have and, and I like to partner with therapists because I'm not a I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm, I'm certified in trauma and also have experiential uh, wisdom, but I'm not a therapist. And so I like to get them involved. And what I found is that um, I would get more breakthrough in their area of trauma and and, and I mean immediate. And the therapist would trigger them because they weren't trauma trained unless they were specifically trauma trained they did more damage than they did good when they dealt with people that dealt with trauma and in our nation two-thirds of the country deals with trauma and now you can imagine it's even it's growing and so there is an epidemic on trauma but yet that's not the foundational understanding of most people i think every leader every um corporation needs to have an understanding and they need to create a uh, you know allow someone like me to come in and train their people on the sensitivity but also the understanding of what it looks like to have burnout compassion fatigue secondhand trauma and what that means when you're trying to push someone through um through willpower and um and you know creating this um authoritarian uh you know environment um, instead of learning the symptoms, the recommendation, I'm not telling you to be the therapist, but it's just simple things that can happen to create a, um, a supportive and thriving environment. And I think environment is incredible. Environment can either kill you or it can uh, push you to the, to the level that you're meant to be on. That's right. Very powerful. Now, can you explain to the audience the importance of obtaining a resilience mindset and maintaining it? Well, with resilience, with 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 resilience is um, after, you know, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and through trauma and resilience and all the trauma trainings, I was so pleased to learn that um, that there is something after that. Like that's just not your final destination. Of course, everybody doesn't go through PTSD. It's not a long term for everyone. Um, but one of the things that I learned was is that there is a stage after post-traumatic stress disorder that turns into post-traumatic growth. And that's a real thing where it actually ends up working for you. Um, you become stronger than you would have before the trauma. And that's incredible. Like that research blows me away. 
because that's where I am. Um, it's the reason why you see all of these people who are like Oprah or um, Tyler Perry and um, Nelson Mandela, who, um, and, and I know that they have a a specialty. They have an anointing. They have a grace for this. But there are so many people that we we do see that, beside, despite what they've gone through, have gone through levels that are like beyond, and they display a strength that you're like, so how did you go through that? And I can't even like my my rent late, and I'm about to just you know uh, give in. And so, um, but but there is a science to this, and, and the resilience is is that that one of the things is is that first of all, it is not just mindset. I want to say this because many people put it back on the person and say, well, if you just had a mindset, if you just get up and go, when actuality, there are real scientific and physical um, responses that can keep us stuck that we can't get out of the state if we want it to, um, because there's other things involved. So one of the things I know is in resilience that they say that resi the resilient ones are those that have support, but that wasn't really my story. So let's try again. Um, the other thing is, is that those that have a a a, in a, a ability to have an optimism that is beyond what they understand. You know, it it, it is the way that you take it in. And so, um, although it you know it is mindset, but what it is is that I believe that there is an intentionality. Um, the Bible says, take every thought captive and align it with the word of truth. And it also says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now. If I just let it come at me, these situations, I'm going to receive it and I'm just going to be negative. And, and, and that would be the right thing to do because, right, it makes me sad. It makes me hurt. It makes me pain. It, 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 it is real. It's not something I'm imagining. I'm going to do this to myself. Um, but but there, is though, there are those that have the ability to say, in spite of this, how am I choosing to receive this? I give myself permission to feel this. I've give myself permission to be honest and say, this is what happens. This is what it feels like. I feel like throwing something. I feel like hurting somebody. I feel like I feel angry. I'm able to feel the emotions, but not be, not feel like those emotions are consuming. And this is the end. And so at that moment, I find ways to sit in rooms, to learn how to take this and, and exchange it. And so I just believe that the resilience comes from that, that ability to say, I am still in control. Like, even if you don't believe it yet, sometimes your words just got to proceed your belief. I am in control of this. This is not in control of me. And there are certain steps and there are certain people. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. That's why we're here. We are here to show you that you don't have to just accept the things that have happened to you. But this thing can be uh, this 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 pain can be turned into purpose, which then causes a resilience and stretches you beyond the capacity that you ever thought you could. Amen. Now, Kalila, can you tell us more about your experience as a real estate investor? Yeah, so this is incredible. So the first house was our personal house. And uh, when me and my husband got, we have a supernatural story. Every bit of this journey from that point forward is supernatural. And so he sent us on a journey to get a house. We didn't save no money. We had just gotten married. And he was like, yeah, start looking for a house. And I was like, my husband's like, we can't look for no house. We don't have no money. I was like, God said it. I believe it. Let's do it. And so um, we, we, we looked for a house. And finally, I was like, I'm not really sure about this house. And finally, we were like, okay, well, it's in the market. It's a good house. Let's go for it. It was on the market for like six months. And the day we were supposed to, my husband was off. And the day we were supposed to go and make an offer on the house, my husband's like, it's been on the market for a while. I'll do it later. This is my day off. Well, I'm listening. I'm, you know, I find out from my, my uh, realtor the next day. And I, I told him, I said, God said to go now. But I found out from my realtor, he's like, yeah, somebody came and snatched that house after six months. And, and I think that began the journey of, um, you know, my husband learning that, you know, you might want to listen to her. <laughs> She hears well. And so after that, um, we went, we were on a fast and literally the day, the last day of our fast, two minutes before it ended, like seven minutes before it ended, um, we, we looked and was like, all the houses are getting snatched up. And this, this house was this beautiful house in a neighborhood that I always thought, like, I was like the rich people live over there. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, and I saw it and even online. And so then we, then my realtor was like, listen, go see it. And we went, went around, we like, this is the house. And, we came and saw it. So many people had just got on the market that day, the day of our fast. Mm 
The next day I was like, listen, jump on it. It already had three offers by the next day. So when we came to see, it was a little old lady who had to move into a, a nursing home. And she was like, listen, um, you know, um, this is the house. And my little son was there and he was like, how, why would you ever want to leave a house like this? And, you know, she just fell in love with him. So I found out from my lawyer, um, I mean, not my lawyer, I'm sorry, um, my, my realtor that um, three offers are on the house and ours is not the biggest. And then he says, but you know what? She chose you. And so that's our first purchase. And then we we're like, okay, God, now we gotta, we don't got no money, you know? But that was the first time that me and my husband did income taxes together and to come find out he gets a lot of taxes taken out and, you know, all these different things. And we had more than enough for closing. We actually closed in a record timing of like 30 days. Like it was ridiculous, a little over 30 days. Maybe it was probably about 40 days. If I counted, it probably was 40 days. And so ridiculous, like God does a lot of things in 40. But um, so we literally got the house. And so after that, um, it was probably in 2017. Well, my husband also has a um, investment prop, not investment property, but an inheritance property. So he was left a house with three, you know, him, him and his, uh, his brother and his, and his cousin were left a house from the grandmother. And that's three acres, very large house, things like that. And so that's the third house. And so then in 2018, um, um, the Lord sent us to learn everything about wealth. Like he was like, go to real estate, go to trading, go to here. I was like, I can't learn all of this, but I learned everything. And one of the classes I took was a real estate class by George Howard. And he teaches people how to get tax liens um, from houses on tax liens for like, like no money. Like you literally go to the tax lane in, in Indiana. So Oh, thank you, Andrea. Hi. Um, he, he taught us how to do that. And so when he taught us how to do that, um, I remember he was like, listen, you can get tax liens. We, we did a three day conference. I taught. But in that last day of the conference, I remember God started giving me a download for his business. And I literally was like, I got to tell you something. And I started to give him this business plan. And he was like, who are you again? He literally stood me in front of the class and said, now teach. The whole class stayed up the whole morning till five o'clock in the morning like specializing because God was giving me downloads for him. Well, a few, a year before that, I was at this conference and a prophet came and he's a well-known prophet and he came and called us out of the audience. And he says, um, he had tell, told some things, some legal battles that I was in and, and also my husband. And he said, the first sign of your prosperity is going to be a house that you can't afford. I was like, what is that going to look like? And he's a very accurate prophet. So I was like, okay, God, this is going to be exciting. Like, I can't wait to see how you're going to give us a house we can't afford. Um, so pull it back together a year, literally a year later than that, we went to the conference and out of obedience, we learned all of these different resources about wealth. Um, a year from that day, um, me and him stayed in contact because he was just impressed by all of the, you know, divine wisdom that I had on business. <laughs> um, and so he literally said, God told me to give you a house. And... <laughs> He said, um, is this house that came in? It's a, a, a five unit, 9,000 square foot house in Indiana. He said, um, you know, it's supernatural how, you know, this was, I was fighting this, you know, there was some legal battles with someone else with this house. And he was like, I just broke through. And he said, I, I, when I broke through it, God said, give it to her, give it to them. And so the paperwork, it was still in the works. And then this this February, um, we we were able to um, walk through and we have a video. He did a whole video and things like that. And he was like, God told us. And so that marked one of the things that many prophets have told us will have several different properties. And, and we turn around and we're like, wait a minute. We went from having no properties. Now we have three properties and five unit house apartment. Now we got a lot of work because that's the that's the part that says we can't afford. You know, we got a lot of work to do with this in, in this building, but it's just and it's got a lot a lot next to it that that is also attached to it. And so that's just the beginning of God's promise. And so right now um, we haven't it's not on the market yet because COVID happened. And so but, you know, that's the beginning of our real estate journey. And we have just been continuing to research and learn all the many things to implement when God does the next thing. And there's something else in the works that's going to be supernatural, but I can't talk about it yet, but, but God has just been setting us up. And, and that's the thing that I think is the greatest thing is that we can step in our lives being so, um, you know, doing it and like, this is my plan. I want to do this. And I want to do this. I want to do this. But when you realize that the adventure that God takes you through is such an adventure that 
It is unprecedented. Like there is nothing that you could have planned out and it gives you, it takes the stress off of you. You're like a child in this and all of a sudden you wake up supernatural, 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 supernatural. Like I, I can't go in a room with a prophet without them prophesying um, wealth and riches and unusual favor of God. And, and then when that, and it always manifests, but when it manifests, you just sit there and be like, if they don't understand about what it looks like to be in right covenant, not that religious covenant, but I'm talking about right covenant. When God says, I'll restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, I'll, 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 I'll give you double for your shame. I, 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 and when the curse is broken, now I spent generations dealing with a curse, but when that thing starts to break, there is an exchange. Even when I give him my pain, even yesterday, I gave him my pain. I cried. I said, I didn't want to see this this way, God. I don't want to see this. I don't want to know this. But as he allowed me to confront truth and not escape to my delusional self that tries to make excuses so I don't have to um, feel the weight of of the hurt that I actually endured. And as he exchanged that, there was an there was not an immediate exchange, but there was an exchange of joy and there was an exchange of peace. And then there was a new version that, re that, that was revealed. I am different than I was yesterday. I keep saying that to people. Y'all gonna keep seeing something different. I have not even come into the fullness of who God called me to be. So trust me, you have no idea who you are, but you have always been that person. So um, that's the, that's just the beginning of that journey. But yes, we have three, um, we have three houses. You turn around and you're like, I've got, we've got three homes. I love it. Growth is truly the beauty of life. Yes, ma'am. Now, Kalila, can you tell the audience what projects you're currently working on? Um, so, um, like I said, so I'm working on Undefeated. Um, that is the book that I'm writing right now that is actually taking me on levels and levels and levels of growth. Um, I am also working on three, building three businesses from the ground up. So um, not really from the, one of them mainly. So there's one that's been in the, the background that I have been getting certifications and learning on is a great learning curve. So um, Brazen Nation Media is my media company, my digital media company that um, there's still more growth to be done, but I'm learning a lot and getting a lot of certifications. Actually, I have a certification test exam for in, a, in about a week. Or so, but all in all, um, I, I'm building a digital media company for e-commerce, social media. Um, and, and I don't even put any limits on it because I know it'll expand to even more than that, but I want to be the vessel in the, um, the person used to create that marketing, um, strategy, business professional strategy, um, through the means of digital marketing to allow people that have voices, that have messages to step and pivot into this new um, dimension um, of, of internet, you know, uh, phenomenon. And as well as, of course, redefine unlimited. Um, we have so many different things that are that are coming, but um, we now have coaches. It is, it is a firm where we are building relationships. I've been in beta testing for the last two years in small groups and testing um, them in different training. I do a lot of testing in my groups. Like people don't know, like I do more work behind the scenes because I am so intentional about and so um, honored and privileged to be able to bring people through their process. I don't skip on anything. So I've been bringing people through um, different processes of spiritual, professional and personal development. Um, I've been testing um, different products in, in like 21 days of mastery mental momentum that's out there. Um, and I'm probably next year, it'll be increased again. Um, there's a relationship. Those that are rec recovering from narcissistic abuse, I have the outline to record that training. Um, I have... Um, the training, of course, for that I've already developed is Unpacked Impact, where I'll be taking people through a small group of six week um, training of Unpacked to Impact, where we literally do that work. And that work is great and really start to process them. But there is actually three semesters to that. So that's just the right now. I'm only unveiling the first semester because at the end of it, I want to be able to give you a generational blueprint to create wealth. But I am still in the there's so much learning. There's so much learning that God has been taking me on. And so I, I don't take I don't try to take anybody beyond where I've been. So I am still I just do a lot of studying. I do a lot of certifications. I do a lot of uh, research and those things are in the development. So there's many, many things that will um, expand. And I am so patient that I don't think on a this year, that year, that month, that quarter. I mean, I do think in quarters, but overall, my vision expands beyond my generation. So it is something that I don't, you know, I, I build with the, with the, with the mindset of um, I'm going to be passing this on to the next one to finish. 
you know. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. ma'am. I love it. Now, Kayla, what is the most difficult challenge you've had to face in your life? Oh my goodness. Um, I think I that's hard to say because um if I had to say, I, I would probably automatically go to the suicide, but then I would be like, mm, that was just an ex that was a response. I think that the hardest thing is actually confronting. I think the hardest thing was is actually confronting me, um, confronting um, the lies that I've told myself. Um, I I think at this moment it always changes. I think in every level that you go through. Um, so there's ceilings that I always break through. And, and luckily, God has given me a spirit of elevation and, and acceleration. And so it, it happens quickly. But um, it does have pain. It, carry, it carries pain. One of the things I can say right now is the most difficult is grieving for those that aren't dead yet. Um, Abraham had to leave what's familiar. Um, and he says, you know, go to the land that I promised you. And even as I recognize that I am blessed, I'm blessed. I am no longer in that state of, um, of famine. I am also having to leave behind and watch those that can't go and know that in order to fulfill the destiny on my life, I've got to get away from those that are destiny killers and they're the familiar. They're the ones that are still in the bondage that are that are suffering, still suffering and knowing that I was chosen as the Joseph. And um, and I have to go to a foreign land that I've never been in. And in your mind, you think we all going up, we all going to go. I was trying to create a lesson. I was everything I was learning. I was like, here, my passwords here. I'm learning this, read this book. This is that I'd want them to, you know, and I go back and I, I'd be like, ain't nobody ch changed. Like, you know, y'all still trying to kill me. And, um, and then finally, and that was the thing that I had to deal with yesterday. And God says, I, I haven't called you to, I'm not restoring every relationship. I think that was the hardest thing. Not only because, you know, in your mind, you're like, OK, I'm going to go for a little while and then I'm going to make it better. And then you can come in my palace. Um, but the realization that some um, due to their choices. Uh, and their level of dishonor. Um, have will probably remain in their land of famine. And, and you know them. Um, but they cannot accept that it was you. And so to love someone and have to leave them is the hardest. It's the very, is the thing that, um, the reason why I didn't sleep last night. When God says, I'm not restoring every relationship, you've come back over and over and over again and nothing has changed. You're going to have to choose destiny. That is the hardest. I weeped intensely and I still weep. Wow, that is very powerful. You're truly a warrior, Kalila. I'll tell you that. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, was there a time in your life journey where you experienced an aha moment? Mm. Every day, every moment, last night, today, the last revelation I received. And it's for my book. So let me see if I'm supposed to tell you. Um, God's been taking me through a journey to recognize the narcissism that's been always grooming me. And, um, you know, I told you that my ex-husband was a narcissist, but then I also was like, you know, I got legal battles with corporations because, uh, well, one corporation, um, because of um, the narcissistic environments, narcissistic religious environments of, you know, Saul's and um, people that want to make you conform to their judgments and, and um, religious ideology, um, people that don't want to see you become. And so I, I remember, I think I told you this and we were at dinner and I said, the narcissist is going to find me. <laughs> don't worry. Listen, they're going to smile in your face, but they're going to growl at me. So they're going to always, I don't care what room I step in. The narcissist be like, hi. And then everybody turn it back and be like, oh, I hate you. Like, you know what I mean? They'll be like, oh my gosh, ain't nobody see that? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm telling you, I promise you, I'll be like, I'm telling you, just 
till the next time we 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 in them room like just pay attention. I just was you know like an invisible monster. You be like, I promise you, he was just standing right next to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, gonna show up. <laughs> yes, so, <me. laughs> but one of the things is is that um, the revelation that I received is, and I was like, okay, as I'm writing God, and he, you know, when you write, he give me great revelation that this book is gonna be. Um, this book is a weapon. This is a straight gun. Um, he started to, he's been dealing with me a lot of unpacking that narcissistic spirit. Um, because I remember when I pray, I pray for, um, every bloodline gatekeeper to be revealed and, you know, and I break through that, you know, I, I pray, you know, curse brick and prayers. Um, sometimes I don't even know what I'm saying, but I, it happened. And, um, I remember a prophet said the snake is going to reveal themselves. They've been, they've been trying to come at you for a long time. And so when that was revealed, um, the Lord says, I need, you know, you've been going in environment after environment, after environment, and, and the, the narcissist attacks you, you get stronger. You got to go through healing. You got to step back. And then you go to another environment and narcissist attacks you. Then you go through healing, you get stronger. And you're like, you know, when was this cycle to end? And he says, the reason why it continued is because you didn't get the head of the snake. Um, you were groomed by a narcissist. You were groomed and surrounded by wolves. You were raised in an environment of wolves in sheep's clothing, but your need to see it as you need to see it, because we all wanna be loved. We all need to believe we were loved even in this function. Um, has created a storyline that opens you up to the deception and you are groomed to accept that treatment. And until you deal with the root of that lie and confront that this is what it is and this is what it will never be, that spirit's gonna chase you because you gave it room through your acceptance of that lie. See them for who they are, recognize the bloodline gatekeeper and sever the soul tie. And so, um, Thank you for raising awareness in regards to the narcissist character trait. I truly appreciate that. Now, can you tell us more about what gives you happiness in your life? Um, oh, wow, my grandbabies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So um, I, I, I probably didn't mention this, but I am a teenage, I, I was a teenage mother. My first child was at 14 and my second child was at 17. And I, and I pretty much, I like left a different state. I, taught myself how to drive. I raised them. I, you know, I've been really, really very self-sufficient mostly until God um, turned me around and made me, um, so, um, you know, showed me to surrender on him. But in that, um, my children are now adults, except for my youngest. He's a, he's a 17, but he's about to be 18 in a few months. So I have um, a married daughter. I have a son with two sons. He just had a new son. Um, I haven't met him yet. I'm face to face anyway. He's been in the hospital. Um, uh, he was born without um, any response. His mother had a um, ruptured um, placenta, her placenta rupture. And so on uh, October 8th, I, I had my fifth grandbaby and they are my life. They are, um, they are the ones that, that I, I also work. They're part of my really, really um, strong work ethic to continue to learn, grow and break cycles because I never want them to experience the hurt that I've experienced. And so um, that brings me joy. My husband brings me joy. He's my best, best friend. Um, he's a hard worker and he's an incredible man. And he works hard for me to, for me to heal, for me to shine, for me to, you know, find my identity. You know, he has been a major support. He's been always been my cheerleader and he always saw me. Like I did never had to convince my husband from day one, he saw me. And that was, uh, amazing. That was a testament to God's ability to bring us together. And so that brings me joy and, um, seeing people really set free, like, what joy is it to not see, to see somebody in one moment and say, in one word, you penetrated to the very parts of my soul that had carried the weight of lies and deception and broke me out. Like to hear somebody say, I almost killed myself, but you spoke and you don't know the change you broke. To hear that I was this and I was hidden in this direction and you turned me around, that never gets old. That is the... Uh, and that's, that's it. Like that's, that's, that's community, you know, community of people who know themselves, 
because I'm so sick of going to these in communities. Be like, huh, who do you think she is? Um, listen, listen. I know you don't know yourself, but I know mine, and you are not taking that from me. So, uh, community of those that truly know God, not on a form of like, oh, and this is what the Bible said, and He said you're not supposed, you know, just want a judgment. But the community that makes me happy, being in the communities of thrivers. And so, if you can't find it, create it. Amen. <laughs> Love it. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Um, my greatest advice would be find you. Stop living the lie of uh, constant movement and learn the power of standing still. Learn the power of getting to know you. Learn the power of, um, of permitting yourself to experience your emotions, your anger, okay? Stop letting them tell you you can't be angry. You are angry because you experience some things that make people who are normal angry. Um, anger is not the sin. The sin is when you try to kill somebody because of anger. You're like, I'm gonna run him over because I'm angry. But but experience every emotion. Stop letting people who who hide from their emotions tell you not to feel anything. I mean, if I tell, if I tell, I tell you, I run into that all the time where um, those of us who are called to do great things are always going pick, 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 pick that by those who ain't doing nothing, ain't got no fruit, they got no fruit, but always trying to tell you how to, how to build a farm. So what I want you to do is start to learn how to trust yourself. And that comes from getting to know yourself. And that comes from standing still with yourself. And in yourself and learning yourself, you're going to hear God's voice because he is in you and he has created you. And so learn that divine identity by, by learning to stand still. Stop running after the responses of running, 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 running. Learn to stand still and get to know you. That's identity, identity. Don't do anything out of identity. Because it becomes your identity and it's a false one and it it is a it, it is a, a useless God. Amen. Very powerful. Kalila, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, DJ. It was wonderful. You're welcome. Now, where can the audience find you? Well, um, I want you to so right now, right now, right, right now, okay. I want you to go to Redefine Unlimited and there is a free ebook um dot com. Um, there is a free ebook. Um, called uh, Reclaim Your Mind, Your Mind, Time, and Money: Five Keys to um, um, and, and Reclaiming Your Something Like That. I forgot because I didn't sleep. But read Five Keys to Reclaiming Your Generational Inheritance. There it is. Um, it's a free ebook that I wrote, um, divinely inspired, and it takes you to the fundamentals of how to reconnect to your your divine identity and start the process. I think it's the most foundational message. Many people are going after you know get the house, the cars, but Generational wealth is first um, um, received through the understanding of identity, and it is, the, and through the the revelation of innovation and creation. Um, that's the power to get wealth. It starts there. There'll be a flooding when you exchange the curse for um, um, the blessing. So I want you to start there. So, and there's a powerful prayer inside, um, a reversal of break curses and things of that nature. So go there. Go to Redefine Unlimited. There is on my homepage. You put your your um, email in, and after that, I want you to know that you can connect with me in January. I have a class that is going to be so powerful and life-changing. Um, you want to connect. I'm not making it too expensive because I truly, truly um, want you guys to follow through all the way through. So I'm going to make that that live course under 500 bucks. And so just re connect with me there and just, just connect with me because there's so many things happening. So that's where you connect with me. Um, if you want to book me for speaking, go to kalilajohnson.com. That's my speaking website. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think that's it. And you can get my book undefeated, broken into purpose on Amazon and the antidote will be out in March, but it'll be up for pre-sale by December. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Kalila at redefineunlimited.com. And again, Kalila, thank you so much for being a guest on walk with You're me. So podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, sis. Love you too. Bye. Bye.